0: All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Average on Podcast. As always, Chris is with me. Chris, I'm going to be honest, I was ready to come into this podcast saying that I was depressed and I was down and I was out because of what happened with Towson last night. But it can't be ignored, the major news drop that came out of the NFL today. What? What, it was, what happened? It, it came out of nowhere and just a bunch of bombs started dropping left and right first one that really broke Aaron Rodgers not only is he staying in Green Bay but dude signed a four-year extension which not only is it insane for the age that he is but it's also insane because of how much drama he's put the franchise through so what were your initial thoughts
1: well look I mean Aaron Rodgers is the beast I love his anti hero swag vibe whatever you want to call it. I really dislike the whole drama queen thing and I know uh, you're gonna say well this saved us from from a whole offseason of, of drama, but I feel like the the pent up drama over the past month to almost two months, I guess at this point. Um, it's just leverage for him to pocket more money. And I get it. You know, he's worth every penny. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, the Packers now had the franchise tag Devonte Adams. <sighs> NFC is going to be a cakewalk for them between the, them, them and the Rams. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers. This is not, he's not in my good book. He's not in my bad book, but he's not in my good book.
0: So, I have to admit, I, I'm i not an Aaron Rodgers fan by any stretch of the imagination, just because I've grown up with Green Bay being really good my entire life, and if I'm not a fan of a the team, then I wouldn't mind just seeing some some new faces. So, I'm going to be honest, because they've been bad for so long, I really would not mind at all if like Detroit were to take over that division for a while. It'd just be fun. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be different. It'd be unusual. Um, so... I would think that, you know, for me, this would be like a a non-starter in terms of like, whoo. but I thought about it and I was like, wait, no, I actually need to thank Aaron Rodgers because instead of making us deal with another summer full of his crap, he gave us the answer in March. And before the show, you were saying that, you know, he had to do it for franchise tag purposes. And I really, I, I held it so I could say it here. I don't know if there's anything in this world that you could tell Aaron Rodgers he has to do other than <laughs> breathe, eat, and drink water and, like, get a decent amount of sleep and he would actually listen to you because but there, there is... There might be
1: scientific proof that, that, that you don't need those things to live, Sean.
0: <sighs> You're not touching that one. <laughs> but either way, that like, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about the Packers. He doesn't care about, you know, what they need to get done in terms of timing and everything. What he cares about is himself, the people that he considers friends, and his legacy. You know, so Devontae Adams gets franchise tag. So what? You already know that if you're signing Aaron Rodgers, the requirement is that it's going to come with a deal for Devontae Adams because those two are a package deal because it was clear in the playoffs. He does not trust a single other receiver other than him. So if he's going to sign a four-year deal, he's got to have every guarantee in the book that they're going to sign Adams for another long-term deal to go along with that. Also, at the same time, I really think that it, it goes without enough credit or enough emphasis that he doesn't want to be Brett Favre. Brett Favre left Green Bay because they wanted to move on from him to Aaron Rodgers, and people were really turned off by that. It was a lot of mixed emotions. A lot of people weren't happy with him. A lot of people stuck with him. But Rogers, I think, just everything that he gives off, he's got that nonchalant attitude. But at the same time, he gets so irritated when people are talking about him negatively. And he always like ends up blaming the press and stuff like that. That you can tell like he wants to protect his legacy. So the easiest thing to do to protect the legacy is say, you know what? We had a couple of years of like frustration. We worked it out. Everything's good. I'm staying in Green Bay. This is my home. And make it out to be like he was never planning on going anywhere at any point in time. So for me, this was kind of something that I think in the end was like the most obvious answer of what was gonna happen. Agreed. And I'm just I'm just glad that by March it's done because I don't feel like in June and July sitting around listening to people talk about him going out on vacation with uh, Shailene <laughs> Woodley, if they're back together. And who was the answer? Like Wyatt Teller or something. Um, He's been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, I don't need another summer of Aaron Rogers watch. Just like we didn't need all those summers of Ed Werder for ESPN being on Brett Favre's lawn, trying to figure out whether he was retiring or not. So Really, as much as I'm not a fan of him, I I have to thank him because it's done. It's over. And we don't have to worry about it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, You know, I'm curious to see do we think that anything happens with Jordan
0: Love? They have to move him at this point. You don't spend a first round pick on him and then commit four years to a guy who just won back to back MVPs, but still keep the guy that you kept, that you spent the first round pick on. I know it's not Green Bay's MO. But I also get the feeling that if you're going to keep Rogers for four more years and you're the green Bay Packers and you know, that like signing free agents is just something that's not going to happen for you, at least consistently. Right. If Jordan love was the long-term answer, you'd be putting him out there because you want him for the long-term. Well, so, so let me,
1: let, let me spin it this way. Do you think that with Rogers resigning for four years, that makes Green Bay a free agent destination, knowing that he's there?
0: No, because if it was a free agent destination, it would have been when he was in his prime. True. So I, it's it's a city devoid of glitz and glamour. And it's just not something where you, you're going to get people to say, you know, hey, come to Green Bay. If they were in Milwaukee, you at least have something because, you know, you've got Giannis and the Bucks, you've got the Brewers. You've got being a more major American city with probably not the greatest nightlife, but at least a better nightlife than I'm sure Green Bay has. No, no Green shade Bay to Green Bay. Does not.
1: They're out uh, eating cheese curds. <laughs> I,
0: and, and no shade to Green Bay. It's just in terms of what the professional athlete, especially those who are looking to build a brand are looking for. Green Bay is not the spot.
1: Agreed. I mean, but at the same time, I'm very glad that they did not move Green Bay, you know, historically. I'm glad that they kept it more of a hometown feel, obviously being one of the original teams. Um, But yeah, I mean, Rodgers is there now. Um, I don't know what they'll get for Jordan Love if they trade him. Um, He has not looked great when he has played. Um, So...
0: I initially I would think that they wouldn't get much, but then I go back to the one undeniable fact. And that's that quarterback is a scarce product in the NFL. And I mean like good quarterback play. Cause you can go out and find a Taylor Heineke who can just randomly show up and like occasionally win you a game or like, are you
1: saying that you want the commanders to have to trade for Jordan love?
0: No, but at the (laughs) same time, I don't want us to trade for anybody because I don't trust us with anybody. So whoever they get, I'm going to look at and be like, "All right, how are we going to screw you up?" So <laughs> I don't know. I somebody the the truth is somebody's going to overpay for Jordan Love, and it could honestly be the Buccaneers because if they don't like Kyle Trask, then they could try going for him or uh, try going for Love. Maybe New Orleans. Even though I don't think Green Bay would want to help New Orleans after some back and forth and the fact that New Orleans is still in salary cap hell, having a guy who's, yeah. on, a, who's on a rookie deal might be a good move for them. I don't know. I don't know who else would trade for them. Um, strangely enough, I could see Philly giving it a go because they have been super non-committal to Jalen Hurts. And then actually, mm. as a lead-in to what came two hours later, you know who I really think? Could trade for Jordan Love? Seattle.
1: Don't, I was going to say Seattle.
0: Yep. Because, one, uh, Geno Smith ain't the answer there.
1: No, but they have Drew Locke now.
0: Drew Locke ain't the answer either.
1: <laughs> Darn.
0: I mean, I look, listen, when that trade went down, so for those who live under a rock, Russell Wilson got traded to Denver. Denver sent a King's Ransom in return. Part of that ransom included Drew Locke. Uh, I don't think he would be a part of a King's Ransom. I think he's more of a court jester. But hey, if you're going to get the rest as a King's Ransom, then, you know, might as well come with a court jester. But I, I made the joke that Drew Locke is perfect for Pete Carroll's system, or at least the one that he wants to run, because the one that he wants to run is just Hey, Drew, just turn around, hand the ball off. We'll get two yards at a time. Oh, throw the ball? Throw the – no, I I don't know what you're talking about. Just hand the ball off and take your paycheck and go home.
1: I mean, you're not wrong, but unfortunately that's not going to win you many games, especially in that division.
0: (laughs) I mean, has Seattle looked like they've wanted to win many games with their style of play?
1: Not recently, but at one (laughs) point in time, yes.
0: Well, oh, yes. But at the same time, that was when you had one of the best defenses in the league and Marshawn Lynch Lynch. So what did they have, Chris? They had a good defense in the running game. When they had to let Russell Wilson take over, you could tell that it would pain Pete Carroll to let that happen. And then at the same time, they didn't have enough people or enough weapons around him to you know actually stop anybody their running backs keep getting hurt. But P. Carroll has shown over the course of time that he doesn't want to be flexible in terms of what they do with the offense. They just want to run the ball and not do anything super crazy in the passing game. And really, even though I haven't seen Jordan Love, I've seen enough of Drew Locke to say that Jordan Love's worth a shot over Drew Locke.
1: Yes, that, yes. I don't know if Seattle would trade for him. I mean, Seattle, look, I think listen, they, to traded two
0: first, they traded two first round picks for Jamal Adams. That team is capable of anything.
1: Look, man, I mean, yeah, I'm in Jets territory, even though I'm closer to Philly, but there's a lot of Jets people around here. A lot of, I mean, obviously, New York team. Um, yeah, Jets fans are laughing hysterically right now because Jamal Adams, man, he probably hates his life right now. And no, I'm not going to lie, he's a cocky mofo.
0: <laughs> the the best thing that I saw was when somebody was talking about the compensation that Seattle was getting in return, they they hadn't mentioned that the ninth overall pick was a part of it yet. So somebody was uh, made the comment of, you know, if Seattle gets the ninth overall pick, that's hilarious because had they not traded the two first round picks for Jamal Adams, they would have had the ninth and 10th pick in this year's draft. Yeah. So... You could have, you know, built some more, but you cost yourself by getting blitz boy who doesn't actually do anything really good for your team. So way to go, Pete Carroll.
1: Overhyped big time overhype on him.
0: Yeah. Um, Now, I will also say under the radar, a big signing that happened today that not many people are going to take note of. And I'm not sure if you caught this was Mike Williams for the chargers. He is the number two receiver there, but he's really tall. He's, he's got like the height of a Randy Moss, not the skill of a Randy Moss, just the height. He's got the mm. ability to go up and get jump balls. He's not like a, a crazy speedster, but he's not slow. He's like, so basically I'm just saying he's not Tyreek Hill with his speed, but he is fast enough to cause problems for a defense and all honesty After losing your head coach and moving pieces around from year one to year two with Justin Herbert, you got to imagine it feels really good for him to keep one of his favorite guys on the offense when they could have let him go because he he's costing a good amount of money, but they clearly said, hey, you know, you're good for the team. You had a really good year and it's going to help Herbert develop to keep the continuity going and they kept him. So, while it's not exactly a flashy move because he just stayed where he is, I think that move's huge.
1: Yeah, I mean, and stability for Herbert, of course. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, he's a beast. He is an absolute beast. Does not He doesn't get talked about a lot.
0: I mean, it's, it's the Chargers. So, Herbert's going to get talked a lot about because he's a quarterback. But anyone of else course, on that but- team they're going to disappear just because the Chargers don't have a huge fan base. So they're not really good for like public speaking.
1: Yeah. I mean, do we want to talk about how like Derek Carr is the best, uh, the worst quarterback in the (laughs) entire division and he's still an absolute beast.
0: Yeah. He's honestly, he's the reason why Vegas has won anything in recent years. Cause I mean, all the stuff that went down with John Gruden and even before Gruden got there, Carr's really been the only consistent part of that franchise, but everybody gives him a whole lot of crap. You know, I, I don't think he's much better than, like, Kirk Cousins, but he's still Ooh. better than Kirk Cousins, and he can still win. Yeah, he's more better games. than Kirk Cousins. No, I, like, much better. Like, I'm not putting him at, a, like, an elite level, but he's, like, the tier above Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, I feel like, is kind of, like, the the barometer for mediocrity.
1: Yes, I would. I would say I would agree with that. Spot on. I mean, he's so hot, so cold, and even his hot is not really like flaming. You know,
0: I can't um, tell you how many Minnesota Vikings fans have blocked me because they're like, "Well, look at his numbers." Well, yeah, why are his numbers so good? Because they're constantly trailing. So, uh, I yeah. Don't know. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, the, AFC West
1: is stacked now. AFC as a whole, man. You think about the quarterbacks that you have, and it is insane. And I know I, the teams are more than just quarterbacks, but, like, whew.
0: Well, I mean, we saw it's, it with Kansas nuts, City. Man. We saw it with Kansas City. You know, they lose Sammy Watkins uh, to – he went to Baltimore, right? Ravens. Okay, yep. I couldn't I could remember if he was on Baltimore before or after Kansas City. But, yeah, so he, he goes to, to the Ravens. And for a while, that offense didn't look that great. So the AFC West yeah. is – like the quarterback situation in the AFC West is solid. Vegas is never going to actually act like they're solid, but if they were smart, they would realize that they're good at quarterback, so they should build around that. But they're solid at quarterback. The rest of the teams there, like the rest of the rosters, it's an arms race in the AFC West because, I mean, you are – if you make one wrong move, that could cost you from being like a division champion to literally fourth in the division.
1: Yep. I mean, and then on top of that, like, are they going to be able to, to get two or three? I mean, I guess in today's format, they could technically all make the playoffs.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not going (laughs) to happen because they're, they're all happen. No, and it won't. And it's, it's because they'll all beat up on each other. And When like last year, when I did the season uh, prediction thing that I did, I put the NFC West as like only beating up on each other. And ultimately, when I wrote that, the back of my mind was kind of telling me like, hey, you know, it's obviously not going to work out this way. Did I see Arizona making it to the playoffs and starting the season off 7-0? I knew it was possible, but I didn't think it was likely. Did I think that, you know, Seattle was going to fall off kind of like they did? Again, thought it was possible. Didn't know how likely it was. That's honestly, that's the AFC West. So, Vegas is definitely going to be capable of being really good. Now, granted, first-time head coach with the franchise and a lot of turmoil, but, hey, maybe that settles things down for once with the Raiders.
1: I mean, they won't be as much in the limelight without Gr- uh, Gruden there, so, you know, that could be good for them.
0: It could be. It would definitely be good for them. <laughs> I Like, the the rebel without a cause sort of vibe that the franchise gave off beforehand, that sort of thing just isn't going to work for them anymore. They need to get some level of stability and then kind of build back that old arrogance that the franchise had, but they kind of like mentally or like verbally, they need to take a step back and say, all right, let's just settle down, build this defense, build this offensive line back to what it was. Hopefully Josh Jacobs can stay healthy and you know let's go from there because you can trust Derek Carr to be solid and for some reason I think Marcus Mariota is still on the roster so even if Carr goes down with an injury you've got probably the best backup situation in the in the league but they could be really good they could also be really bad neither option would surprise me I just watch it and go all right yeah sure
1: Yeah, and I mean, with that being said, you know the Chargers are still up and very much up and down. I would like to think that they're going to be more up. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's they—they've been kind of like the cursed team the past three or four years with the amount of games that they lost by like what less than a field goal, wasn't it? Like some crazy, you know, thing a few years ago where the amount of games that they lost within the past in the last two minutes, um, it's crazy, man. I mean, on top of that, we've got. The draft right around the corner. I was looking at the 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 latest uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, you know, mock draft, and they have the Lions taking Malik Willis second overall, um, which is pretty wild. Um, I don't see that happening, um, but I yeah, could just because it's Detroit, they're still paying Jared Goff. I mean, they're not paying him a ton, but I, I don't mm, listen. There's a, there's really a reason. Seem-
0: there's a reason why Detroit has been Detroit for so long, and it's because they make the decisions that don't make any sense.
1: But you really think that uh, Malik I, Willis would be the first quarterback drafted?
0: I think because of how he performed at the draft – or not the draft, the combine. And I think that Kenny Pickett is probably the, the most pro-ready quarterback. Pro-ready,
1: yeah. But Agreed. I think
0: I think his ceiling is really low. And overall, I just don't think it's a good class of quarterbacks. So maybe hmm. – I think Malik Willis will go number one overall because of, like, the flash of what he did. And as much as I number think Number one it's,
1: overall quarterback-wise.
0: Yeah. Uh, and or I, overall. No, just – no. I mean, I could see him going number one overall, but not if Jacksonville stays in their spot. Jacksonville's got their quarterback. But – Could I see them, or Jacksonville, I mean, trade out of that spot, pick up a lot of draft picks as a result because everybody needs a quarterback, or not everybody, but somebody always needs a quarterback. So that means somebody's always willing to overpay because they don't want to get beaten out by another team that needs a quarterback. So could I see Jacksonville trading out of that, especially if there are rumors that Detroit's going to take Willis and people are convinced that Willis is like the guy out of a mediocre class? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I would – that would surprise me if Jacksonville stayed where they are. That would be something that would be truly shocking to me because they – speaking of Kings Ransoms, they could get a Kings Ransom for being the number one overall pick when they don't need a quarterback.
1: But who would trade and what would they trade up for?
0: Would you like me to to go down to I-95? down to the dc beltway and uh tell you about the team that already traded the world away once for rg3 so i wouldn't be shocked if they did it again
1: i don't think this is the year to do that just fyi but that's just my that's my take on it
0: nobody said that they were a smart organization chris so even if it's the wrong year to do it they'll still do it That's why they got Dwayne Haskins in a bad year because they decided that was the year to go for a quarterback and they ended up drafting in a mediocre class and they're going to end up doing it again. So either way, maybe they get like Pickett or Sam Howell or somebody who ends up being really good. But same thing as I said with uh, Jordan Love being traded to Washington, I just don't trust them with anybody, which means I also don't trust them to make the right decision. There's there's nothing about that franchise to me that says, hey, these guys are gonna make the right move. Don't know.
1: We'll get into more draft talk later on, but I definitely don't think a quarterback's going first overall.
0: Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else, but I would be genuinely shocked if Jacksonville doesn't trade out of the number one overall spot. Because right now, like what they need is like a career franchise left tackle. And you could get that from like spots seven on down. So, I mean, we saw the Chargers do that with Rashawn Slater. So I feel like they would take a page out of that book if they were smart and get a ton (laughs) of draft picks. Speaking of franchises, I don't really trust. Uh, But yeah, we'll, we'll get all into that the more we get into April uh what i will say has been a lot of fun despite the crippling depression from last night it has been the beginning huh. of march madness although for me it is definitely march sadness so last night towson blows the game to delaware if you listen to this and you want to poke some fun at me cool go fuck yourself but cool um i had some delaware fans up in my mentions gotta be honest you know at least we could give them a win because other than that they have to reconcile the fact that they're still delaware and yeah. You know, by comparison if they have to live with that and i have to live with the fact that my basketball team lost after having a much better season than expected i'm still coming out on top so i'm good but yeah
1: i would i would echo those sentiments
0: <laughs> so we've had some some automatic bids already punched into the tournament uh i'm actually currently watching a couple of games right now i am watching UNCW which i used to kind of hate just because a guy who I reviled in high school played for them, but they're playing Delaware Mm. right now. So it is all in on forget Delaware season. So I am fully pulling for UNCW right now. Uh, They have a chance to go to the tournament, whoever wins that game because, well, whoever wins it, they're going. It's the championship game. Uh, I'm also watching what appears to be a crazy championship game in the Horizon League. Uh, between Northern Kentucky and Wright State where, quick quiz, what is Northern Kentucky's mascot? Northern Kentucky. See if you can pull this rabbit out of your hat.
1: My brain instantly went to Northern Colorado, but (laughs) they're a totally different team. Northern Kentucky, I have no idea.
0: Well, here's the question, Chris. Even though it's Northern Colorado, according to Paul Bissonette, are they still in the South?
1: Colorado's not in the South.
0: So that's a that, that that is a reference to a spit and chicklets episode where Paul Bissonnette tried to say that Colorado was in the South. Not big not, brains. <laughs> not his finest moment. I mean, granted, he grew up in Canada, so Colorado is south to is him is south, yeah. But not really the smoothest move there by the one and only Biz, because he is both hilarious and ridiculous all wrapped into one package uh but yeah so northern kentucky any guesses
1: you said rabbits so i'm gonna say something like the hares or something
0: nope that's actually south dakota state they're the jackrabbits but i i knew that blue and
1: yellow i know
0: (laughs) yes yes i i know that but no they're the norse and the reason why I bring this okay. up is because this is always the time of year why I get reminded of some of the utterly absurd mascots that are out there. So speaking of, and, and this is just for fun. I, I enjoy doing this sort of thing. What is the mascot of UT, UT Chattanooga? Because they just won their conference last night. Um... I'm gonna tell you that even when I tell I no you, <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you that even when I tell you what the answer is, you're gonna look at me with just a blank stare and be like, "What? They're the mocks. Mocs,
1: Moccasins? Is that like no a no snake? no
0: nope, just mocks.
1: It, what it is mo- that?
0: I, I don't know. What is this it, mascot. They they might be doing it as short for moccasins as the snakes, but. They don't make that any part of their logo. They don't make any sign that says that's what they're doing. So as far as I know, they're just the mocks. And I couldn't explain it.
1: Interesting. Well, do you know what RISD's mascot is? RISD's. RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. They have a they have a hockey team and a basketball team. Oh, it's The Nads. And their mascot is Scrody the Scrotum. I'm not making this up. Hold on.
0: What, wait, is, is this some South Harmon Institute of Technology kind of crap going on no. here? No. Oh, nope, nope,
1: nope. There, there's Dude, no. Oh, jeez.
0: There's I'm, no way that is NCAA sanctioned. They are a corrupt um, organization, but not corrupt enough to let that fly. Google it. I I will when we're done recording. Uh, Yeah, so March Madness has been a lot of fun so far, uh, despite my depression. So I will say that the games have been awesome. Uh, The one thing that I want to get your take on, because we talked about it before, and now that we're seeing it play out, the West Coast Conference bracket, where the number one and number two seeds don't play their first game until the semifinals. How are we feeling about that? Um, I don't think it should be that way. Um,
1: why is it set up that way? Is that Uh, to get basically reward a a better regular season, give them a better shot at making the the, tournament tournament?
0: Yeah, it's to make sure that your best team gets in the tournament, because if you get your better team in the tournament, they have a better chance of going deeper in the tournament. And that school gets more money, which I believe also gets the conference more money. So ultimately, it was for that reason as is anything in America, for the money. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so I I wasn't a fan of it, especially when you have a team like San Francisco who's pushing for an NCAA bid and they get to the conference semis and a win against Gonzaga would basically lock up a spot for them. But Gonzaga was fresh. And not only were they fresh, they were coming off of a loss fresh, which is something that Gonzaga isn't used to. So now you've got San Francisco who's already played at least one game, if not two, and then they got to take on a squad. That's completely and utterly like fresh rested, good to go. And unlike certain teams, they won't come out and be rusty. I mean, that's brutal. Cause I got to imagine that, you know, even though Gonzaga, like at, at this point, it's a foregone conclusion for the WCC that Gonzaga is going to get in the tournament. They, have the number one overall recruit. They are the number one team in the country. It's been like this for a while. So even if they drop a complete dud in the conference tournament, it's not going to affect anything other than their seeding. So I really don't know why you're going to keep it this way, because I feel like if you did what you could to get San Francisco into the tournament, if you're making the move to get your top team in there, then I feel like this would be another move to get you even more money because you've got another team in the tournament.
1: Yes, So, especially since, correct me if I'm wrong, but San Fran plays like a, a system that is tournament friendly for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're a team. Right, that could, hard-nosed team. Hard-nosed team that can also shoot pretty well. They're a team that could definitely be one of those lower type of seeds to pull off a first round upset. So I don't see why you wouldn't want to do what you could to get them in makes more money for you. It it brings more attention to your conference. People think that your conference is more legitimate. Uh, Getting into the tournament, as we've talked about, will help with recruiting, which will help build your conference. I mean, it's something that's going to be big for the Mountain West this year because they're going to get more teams than usual in. They've got uh, Boise State, uh, Colorado State, Wyoming's going to get in, even though they've kind of lost some of their luster. Uh, I think San Diego State is pretty much a lock. And then they possibly have UNLV that could make a push for the tournament too. So you're talking about a mid-major conference possibly getting five bids. I mean, sure, yeah, it's it's because a lot of spots have opened up because it's a down year for the ACC. But at the same time, if you're looking this good as a conference, then you could pull those recruits away from an AC school like ACC school like Florida State, uh, Clemson. Virginia Tech, like this, the kind of like middling teams of those conferences that could be good. But if you're pulling those recruits away to come to a conference that is building like the Mountain West, then I don't see why the WCC wouldn't see that potential and try to follow suit.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, and it's, I mean, I guess they have control of their own tournament, but they do. Uh, I don't know. I mean, even if they if they change their own tournament, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're going to get a second bid, though.
0: If it were a tournament like, or not a tournament. If it were a conference like the CAA, and no, I'm not saying the CAA because I'm bitter that Towson lost in the semifinals. Because either way, they, they still would have lost in the semifinals if things had stayed pat, but the format were different. But the CAA, um, the the SWAC. The WCC of old, before Gonzaga became Gonzaga, and like the Horizon League, uh, the Southern or the SoCon, these other conferences that are struggling to come to my mind because they are the smaller conferences that don't really get a lot of love. I just said Horizon, Uh, (laughs) but or the the MAC, like the MAC gets more love. Yeah, Patriot League, great example. You know, all these leagues that are going to get one team in more often than not, financially speaking, it would make sense if they moved to this model. It'd be kind of crappy of them to do it, but it would make a lot of sense. But for a conference like the WCC that has a larger potential in front of them, I don't understand why you wouldn't make the change to a more traditional style, knowing that, you know, you get your San Francisco's in. Or maybe you get, their, I'm willing to bet I'm going to say their name and they were one of the worst teams in the conference. I just don't remember that. But you get like a Pacific or a Santa Barbara into the tournament.
1: That's huge. That is They've made it. Both those huge. teams have made it before.
0: Yeah. So I think even like Pepperdine is in there. And I remember like in the early aughts, watching March Madness, some of the few memories I have growing up, in that time frame, and like seeing the name Pepperdine and it just stuck with me because their name is Pepperdine. Yeah. So it, that, like, that would be great for them. I, I don't get it, but. Oh, well at least we'll get Gonzaga and St. Mary's in a rematch tonight. So that'll be a good one.
1: And so this time next week, we'll have our brackets, correct?
0: We will. Uh, selection show is this Sunday.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I know what we'll be talking about next week.
0: Uh, that The whole podcast might just be a bracket breakdown. Yeah, it should
1: <laughs> totally be a bracket
0: breakdown. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm down with it. So we'll go through that. Um, Chris, what seed do you think Maryland's going to get? Mm, zero. <laughs> you know what I think actually wouldn't shock me now that we think about it. So Towson is for sure not going to the tournament because the CAA is a one-bid league. But – for like location purposes, I really wouldn't be shocked if like Maryland and Towson played in the first round of the NIT. If Maryland, that'd made be pretty
1: NIT. sick. And would that be a home game, right? Don't they play first rounds at
0: I don't know not how neutral site, right? No, I, who the first rounds are always hosted by the higher seed, but I don't know who would be the higher seed in that case.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Strength of schedule obviously plays a role in that. But I don't even think Towson. I mean, um,
0: I, I don't know Maryland. How it for it. So it, I don't know if Towson is like both guaranteed NIT and guaranteed a home game. I, I don't know if that's how that goes. But either way, uh, if they did that. Pretty it, cool. Yeah. Regardless,
1: no, that, has that, I don't has Towson ever made N, NIT before?
0: Uh, yeah, they made a few because they've made the NCAA tournament before. It's just been a while. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. Uh, Now, let's let's move off of that. And I'm going to save Hockey Talk for last because as much as, you know, it is relevant because of what's going on, I'm going to make this kind of just like a quick pit stop on the MLB because the lockout is still going on and labor negotiations kind of seem off and on. It seems like both sides are kind of comfortable with the idea that they might not have a season and they're going to have a season (laughs) that I would be shocked if they didn't not to, you know, choose that line, but they seem comfortable with the fact that it might be a while before the season kicks off. And I'm going to say this, not because I have any particular like leanings one way or the other. I mean, I do, but it's, it's not for that purpose. But do you think that this is good or bad for the relevancy of baseball? Oh,
1: talking to a hockey fan here, I, I, I feel uh, like other leagues have been very spoiled without having to deal with lockouts. And I know baseball has had them before. Um, I know baseball has missed an entire season before, maybe I think it was half of a season because of the strike. So I guess it's a little different from from a lockout, but obviously hockey is probably the most no- notable and that's not necessarily a great notable, you know, badge to be wearing. Um, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I don't know. And the only reason I say that is because after the 2004 lockout for NHL, the league completely shifted. It went from a very defensive hard nosed slow game with a year off and some rules changed, you know, uh, got rid of the two line pass the extended the blue zone uh red the red zone um blue lines moved blah 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 blah. um it changed the game and we've already seen that they the mlb has approved no no shifts there's a um a pitch timer which i know they've had before but uh, you know maybe there'll be some you know stronger enforcement um of that but I don't know. I mean, the the game could come back and just totally revitalize itself as it did with hockey. I mean, 2005 was a little bit of a slow season for hockey, but since then, I mean, look how big it's gotten, right? I mean, compared to where it was, 2003 season, it, it was like a lost league with very little hope, and uh, they did a good job of like totally revamping it. Now, granted, we had to deal with another one in 2014, I believe, but... Um, MLB will get something done. They were able – they were the only league to be able to successfully play through the brunt of COVID. Like the summer of 2020, they played a legit season. Um, I know NFL did, but that was – you know, they – NFL got wrecked with it. MLB really didn't, and I think that that needs to be applauded. If they were able to make that work, they'll make this work. Um, Is it going to be a 120-game season? Yeah, maybe. But you know what? That's still a hell of a lot of games.
0: <laughs> you know, I honestly think that this is just going to prove the point that I know is a fact. Everybody knows is a fact, but nobody is going to do anything about it because there's too much money to be made by playing more games. But the best year that the NBA had, at least as a fan, in my adult life, was the year that they had the late start to the season. Was, it was- that
1: 2011?
0: sounds right but it was the best year because they had the most to play for there were fewer games every team had a legitimate shot you weren't out of it 20 games into the season with still 60 some odd games to go and you're just showing up collecting a check so fewer games is good for these leagues and I wish that should the MLB start their season that they would recognize you know Maybe we don't need to go into October or in some cases, I think they might even go as late as November because at that point you're going head to head with the NFL. And as we have said multiple times, NFL is King. Why fight them? I know that it's called the fall classic, but have it in September. Like just, just get over it. Stop being so mired in tradition that you can't stop getting in your own way so yeah i I think from like an interest standpoint this is the best year for them but in terms of like long-term product it's baseball they can't get out of their own way and i i wrote about or i wrote a blog about this and i can't you know stress this enough i just can't bring myself to care about this they're not actually playing any games the minutiae that they're arguing over is all stuff that I either don't care about or don't know enough to care about like the, the minor league compensation and the uh, the time of like when your contract starts or how much commitment the team has to you or something. I I don't know that. And it's not something that I feel like diving into to understand.
1: Yeah. It's basically that like, You really don't make any money until you're close to 30.
0: I'm pretty sure. And if somebody could dumb it down for me like that and say, Hey, they're trying to make it so like you can make money by the time you're 25, then sure. But whenever anybody talks about it, my eyes just glaze over because I'm like, I I, I don't, this is not my area of understanding or expertise. It bores me to tears. Let me know when you're done.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I will say of all the reports coming out, I'm very happy to see that. Oh, and once again, this is only leaked information, so it's not 100% true or 100% confirmed, I should say, that the Orioles' ownership is not a part of the owners, uh, you know, causing a lot of the issues. It's like Red Sox, Diamondbacks, Angels, I believe. is a handful of them, but the Orioles are not on that list, which is good. Maybe they're willing to spend, and it's also crazy, kind of you know piggybacking into some more local talk. There was a word that uh, the Orioles kicked um, kicked around the uh, option of uh, getting Korea, which is crazy, spending a schnaz ton of money that the Orioles typically do not do. Um, obviously, trying to maybe rekindle some of those uh, old Astro connections um, with Elias, but... Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. The Orioles also have, I believe, seven or eight prospects in the top 100 now in the entire league. Like, man, of course we get a lockout now. (laughs) Um, Granted, the minor leagues are going to be continuing, but, like, Rushman's ready to come up. And, um, you know, I don't want to see him waste a year down in the minors. But there will be a season. I don't think MLB can afford to not have a season.
0: No, and and I agree with that. But – I don't think the owners would necessarily agree with that because they're going to keep coming out and saying that they're broke, but their revenue reports say otherwise. So of course, I think behind closed doors that they feel like if we have to give up too much, then we'll just not have a season and be totally fine. But it's all just to me, to me, I like, I understand that labor negotiations are important, whether it's, you know, for sport or whether it's, for like a more traditional career path. Labor negotiations, super important. But I don't know about, nor do I really care about the minutia when it comes to this sort of topic. Because for me, I'm just like, all right, you're not playing games. That's really all I need to know because there's other options for me to go watch. And there were other options for me to go watch before. So I wasn't going to watch your product. Now I just don't even want to talk about it because, yeah, I just don't want to talk about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't blame you. And I would imagine a lot of other people have the same similar sentiments. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I'll tell you what, if there's nothing, uh, nothing on TV sport wise during the month of July, it's gonna be a lot of unhappy people.
0: PLL will be on. So I, I don't know what you're talking about
1: that's ah so that there we go so that maybe that's why maybe that's why you're not in a rush you want pll getting some some more love
0: i mean honestly sure that that will help but that's really not my motivation for not caring it's just i genuinely just don't care
1: i mean i think for pll they should be doing everything they can to to continue this lockout
0: yeah because there
1: will be nothing else on
0: I agree. So let's wrap up with some hockey talk. So before we get on, uh, I'm going to now nickname you, since you're also an adjunct professor, uh, the hockey professor of the show.
1: So before
0: before we get on, uh, your Devils were losing, well, partially your Devils were losing three to nothing. It's now tied up three to three. Uh, The Panthers and the Penguins, three and two. Kraken and Maple Leafs are three to three, which that surprises me.
1: I'm waiting for the big one.
0: Yeah, I know. Capitals haven't started yet.
1: Oh no, no, no! I'm talking about what's the Arizona score right now?
0: Oh yeah, it's six to one. That, <laughs> that one I, I wouldn't have seen coming. Um, I, I would not have seen coming. But the the one that's frustrating me was because I may have sprinkled a little bit on Anaheim. Is the Anaheim currently getting shut out three to nothing score?
1: Oh, it was two to nothing a second
0: ago. I just checked. It's it's three nothing right now. So uh, either way, uh, hockey talk. So Chris. What's, what's the most noteworthy news and notes that have come out since the last time we spoke about this? Oh, man.
1: Well, we, we just keep chugging along towards this trade deadline, which literally feels like still an eternity away. It's two weeks away. There hasn't really you know, been a, one or two odd trades um, a week or two ago. But other than that, a lot of teams kind of, uh, I think, waiting to see what other teams are doing. Um, and it's interesting because typically in a normal uh, pre-COVID times, um, this trade deadline would be early enough that we would still be able to, you know, mesh some chemistry together, um, you know, with new pieces heading into the playoffs and whatnot. I don't know. I mean, it, the, the, the deadline is so late this year. I just, I, I don't like the idea of teams waiting, The cap, regardless of who, Caps, Penguins, you know, abs, whoever. Um, with that being said, there's a lot of rumors about goalies swirling, um, I heard some rumors of the caps are very involved. Um, I, there's talks that they might be after Giroud, which I don't really see happening. There's talks that they might pair Giroux with Martin Jones and then a trade for Samsonov, but I really don't want to see that happen, especially to an Eastern Conference opponent. Let's see what else. Um, I mean, as I'm watching this Devils abs game, the the abs had the same thing happen to them last night against the um the, against Islanders, um, in the third period. It's a total third period collapse. They ended up holding on for a win, but they they were up five to one, and they ended up winning five to four. Um, five, sorry, they were up five to one at the start of the third, um, and they came back. Uh, the Isles came back. And I'm watching them, like, Colorado now. I mean, and they are such a good roster. They know how to turn it on. I'm um, not really too worried about that, but ugh, I just, I don't know. I, I see them trading for a goalie. I don't know how. I don't know when, but obviously Flurry's out there. There's talks about flurry possibly going back to Vegas if laners hurt um, long term. Um, yeah, actually, I I could be wrong. Uh Either Wednesday or Thursday this week, Eichel goes back to Buffalo for the first time, and Eichel's been great, man, since returning. He's starting to heat up. Um, Caps got Anthony Mantha back, which is huge. Caps on a big West Coast swing, um, which I think, depending on how this goes, I think we're going to see something happen with the Caps um, trade movement-wise. Let's see. Uh... Yeah, I mean, other than that, I I, it's, I feel like this the season is starting to settle. You're starting to see, that you know, the better teams pull away. You're starting to see some bigger blowouts. Um, San Jose got whipped the other night, 8-0. Um, you know, the cream is starting to rise to the top, so to say. And, yeah, I mean, it's kind of status quo until this trade deadline. Um, the East playoff picture is basically set. It's just seeding at this point. Um, I will say though, if Edmonton ends up missing the playoffs, I don't know what's going to happen with Mick Jesus. Obviously, he's not moving.
0: He might be McDon uh, at
1: some point. I, I the problem is, even obviously, you would think to yourself, okay, they trade him, they get, you know, a Titanic full of, of maybe that's a bad sinking ship reference, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh. They would get a lot of pieces, but at the same time, you need a team that has the cap room to afford him in that mega contract. And there are not many teams that do. Um, funny enough, the Devils are one that would be able to afford him, but I don't think the NHL wants McDavid in Newark, New Jersey. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. Um I I just I said it from the get go, you know, back in October. I just I don't see Edmonton even if they make the playoffs, I don't see them getting past first round. And I know obviously notably Whitney's been on the huge Oilers strain um, from spin chiclets, but like realistically, they are not suited to 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 play a grinding game for a seven game series.
0: <laughs> so, I'm going to be honest, uh, speaking of realistically, I don't think I could really add much of value to everything that you just dove in there. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up by saying this. Uh, It is clear that the Anaheim Ducks see the gas prices going on in the country right now. And what they want me to do is they want to save me the trouble of spending gas money to go to the sports book to cash out a winning ticket. So, you know what? Right now they're getting absolutely wrecked four to nothing in the first period. And normally I'd be upset, but you know what? Very considerate of them to not have me spend the gas money to go to the sports book. So <laughs> always got to find your silver linings.
1: Here's the craziest thing. They started John Gibson. They have their starter. in. I don't, I don't even know that because he's on my fantasy team.
0: <laughs> so, some nights it's just not your night. And, you know, Chicago appears to be that after that all that early season turmoil, Pretty solid team, so curious to see what they would have been if they didn't have to deal with all that crap at the start of the year, but obviously that is secondary to what happened and making sure that stuff like that never happens again.
1: Truth. I mean, the same could be said with, with Florida. Florida just kept trucking through. I will, you know, maybe we'll leave it at this cliffhanger. Apparently, there have been some teams that have called in reference to Patrick Kane's availability.
0: I... We'll just let that one sit there because I don't know what to say about it.
1: I don't think they'll move him just because he's like a franchise player, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. So uh, I'll wrap it up on this. Uh, the University of Delaware just won the CAA championship. So wow. Go until,
1: fuck yourself, Delaware.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, until they you know, are willing to recognize that they're Delaware and just celebrate this victory for what it is, it's fuck Delaware season.
1: Oh, wait. So one, one, one last question. It is fucked Delaware season, but – so UNCW, do they make NIT?
0: I don't know. Actually.
1: How does that work? Is it just is it fair game? Is it like open season basically for NIT? I
0: think it's so. I think the first overall seed in your tournament, if you don't make the NCAA, I think you're guaranteed an automatic bid. But I mean, I, I just learned about Towson getting an automatic bid to the NIT. So right, the heck, well, if I, I know the rest. That-
1: yeah, that might, and it's a 68 tournament as well. 68 team, or is it 64, or is it
0: 32? Oh, clearly no, we're well
1: knowledge on the nit. <laughs>
0: it's it's either like 16 or 32. It, it's not nearly as big as the uh, the big show. Yeah, but gotcha. Um, oh jeez. So I, I will also help this because I'm just going to keep finding different things to end on. Uh, but Bryant and Wagner are playing in the NEC tournament championship and Bryant was smoking Wagner. And apparently there were some fans in the stands who just started throwing hands because of course the right thing to do when you're getting blowed out is just start throwing hands.
1: Maybe they'll jumpstart their team.
0: I don't, think also, is, I don't think this is hockey, Chris.
1: Who is it? You said it was Bryant and who? Wagner. Who's Bryant Wagner? What team does he play for? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. That's what you I should am, title
1: this podcast.
0: I am truly ending this podcast on it will always and forever be fuck Delaware season. Preach. We out.